0: When talking about the X-Files, I had this, you know, the Lord showed me to do something about the words that begin with X. And so started a couple of weeks ago and actually talked her on into saying exposed last week. So um, today we're talking about examples. And you saw that in the first video. You saw that in that video. And I want to talk about examples a little bit because it's very much, very much a part of the word of God. And so if, you'll have, if you have your Bibles, we're gonna, we'll put the Scriptures on the screen, but I love it if you bring your Bibles. Especially dads, bring your Bibles with you to church so your kids can see you open your Bibles. And even if it's your iPhone, that they know that you have a Bible app, okay? Because uh, your kids, how many of you know that people are watching you? But if there's anybody that's watching you more than anybody else, it's your kids. They're watching you, moms and dads. 1 Corinthians, this is the NIV. I want to do it in three different translations today. In the NIV, as First Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 11.1, the Apostle Paul said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Okay? Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Uh, and the word example means a person or way of behaving that is seen as a model that should be followed. Okay? It's a person or way of behaving that is seen as a model that should be followed. Now, the New King James, which I love, uh, says this, imitate me. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ, okay? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. You know, I've been known to do uh, impersonations. I don't know if they... I've been an Elvis impersonator before. Anybody ever seen me do Elvis? Okay, do we have the picture of Elvis? There we are. That's me as Elvis. I'm humbling myself before you today. Elvis is old and he has a beard there. And uh, there's another picture i got to tell you about this one. If if you've never seen me clean-shaven before, that was the time. The, <laughs> we worked at a nursing home in Meadow Creek, and they asked me to do Elvis. They were having Elvis Day. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to do Elvis, i got to do him right. He didn't have a beard and mustache. And that morning I was in there. I've had this forever, you know. And I went in there. I came out of the bathroom clean-shaven, and my my wife just almost screamed and fell out. Who is this man in my house? You know. But I quickly grew it back. But how many of you know an impersonator is not an imitator? A, an impersonator is not, you can take that off. It's not somebody that's. Hey, baby. Hey. No, I won't do it. <laughs> See, when I'm, when I'm doing Elvis or Johnny Cash, and my wife does a great June Carter Cash. You want to sing for him? Okay. When I do that, I'm impersonating. I'm, it's, it's pretending to be somebody that I'm really not. Okay? That's what an impersonator does. Um, have you ever, have you ever, t- but we're, we're to be examples and we're to be imitators of Christ, not impersonators. I'm trying to give you a distinction there because a lot of people pretend to be something that they're not. Okay? So that's kind of like an impersonator. But when we have the example of Christ and we're following it, we're going to get into that a little bit this morning, what it really means to to follow Christ, to be a Christ follower. As many people, have they've chosen that word instead of Christian now. They like the word Christ follower because Christian now doesn't mean a whole lot to people. Isn't that crazy? Well, everybody says they're a Christian, but if you're a Christ follower, okay, I'm, I'm not going to distinguish it except to say that. But how many of you have ever, especially when you were kids, you had to do a, a trace something on a piece of paper and cut it out. Anybody? And how many of you had to do some of those and you had to do multiple cutouts? Anybody do that? How many of you know that when you trace from the original and cut it out and then take the one that you've cut out and you trace from that one and then you take that one and you trace it, guess what? It's not the same at the end, is it? They don't look at, you need to trace always from the original. So, when I'm studying this, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going, why does Paul say, follow me as I follow my example as I follow Christ? Now, the, the, the Amplified says it probably better than anything. He says, pattern yourselves after me, follow my example as I imitate and follow Christ the Messiah. Man, they get them all in there imitate, example, and pattern. He says, Do follow me as I follow Christ. Okay? So why was why would Paul say follow me as I follow Christ? Why wouldn't he just say follow Christ? Huh? You ever think about that? I did. I began to think why, why did he say follow me as I follow? Why didn't he just? Because here's the deal: we like to we like to defer to that statement. Hey, don't watch me. Don't follow me, man. Man, if you follow me, you're going to get in trouble. I want you. You need to follow Christ. See, we 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 have compromised and rationalized to say that you don't don't follow me. I don't I don't look like anything like Jesus. Listen, why did Paul say that? I, here's why I believe he said that. He said that so he could be held accountable. Never saw that before. Maybe you saw it before. I never saw that in that scripture. I just thought Paul was saying, Man, I am doing really good. I follow Christ. Man, we're tight. I want you to follow me when I'm following him. I believe he said that because he said, I want to be held accountable. And you see, men today, most of us, we don't want to be held accountable, right? Oh, boy, it's a tough crowd. I thought Elvis would loosen you up a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Few people today are willing to say what Paul said. Instead, because of the compromise and ungodliness, they don't say, look at me. They say, look at Jesus. And that's fine. But I believe that when Paul said that, he said, listen, we have a standard to live up to, and we need to follow that standard because people... Are seeing us? How many of you ever heard the statement, uh, "You may be the only Bible that someone ever reads"? You see, guys, and I'm speaking to dads and moms. Okay, it's so important the example that we set before those that follow us. It's very important that you don't compromise and say, "Well, you know, I'm I'm just you know poor old sinner saved by grace. Don't follow me. Don't look at me. I'm going to let you down." Listen, that when you say that, you've already let them down. He wants us to follow. He wants us to be examples. Because, listen, they don't see Jesus walking around. They see you. They see you. They see you. Right? They see me. So we got Father's Day. We have Mother's Day. And, men, those are tough days for preachers. I don't know if you know that, but those are kind of tough days for preachers. Because I know that when people walk into this room, it, and when we start saying Happy Father's Day, and some of you walk in here and it ain't a Happy Father's Day. It's just not. And it evokes memories of the past. Some of you didn't have that great example of a father. And so you go, well, I don't, you know, I don't really don't want to celebrate that day. And, and, and it brings back some bad memories for some people. It brings back some great memories for other people. So I have to kind of wade through that and say, God, what are you trying to show us? What are you trying to teach us? Because I'm not here to bring condemnation. I'm, not, I'm here to encourage dads. The, the gospel is about encouraging, e- encouraging fathers to be fathers. To be to, to take care of their children and to set the examples. So what are we to do? I'm thinking, okay, uh, Lord, what am I supposed to? What am I supposed to preach today? Because I don't have to preach about Father's Day. I can preach something else, and I've done that before. So I think, well, I can preach on the Ten Commandments, and then I won't have to talk about fathers. Hmm. Oh no! But in the Ten Commandments, it talks about honor your what? Father and your mother, okay. So I thought, well, okay, then I can preach on the two commandments: love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But then that 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 means loving your father, loving your children. So that one doesn't work. Then, well, you know, one of my favorite passages is in Luke fifteen, the prodigal son. I can't preach on that one. That's about a father and a son. Here's the deal: when I got right down to it, this whole book is about the father and the son. <laughs> It is. Uh, the whole Bible is about the Father and the Son. So I want to preach about the Father and the Son this morning and the Holy Spirit, okay? Turn your Bibles to John chapter 14. We're going to hang there most of the time. John chapter 14. You know, Jesus was giving final instructions to his disciples. He, he's letting them know about what was taking going to take place, and they didn't quite understand it. They were still in a, a bit of a fog over all of the things he was saying to them. And he tells them that he's going to go away, and he's going to prepare a mansion for them, and he's going to come back and take them to himself. And, and I'm sure, man, these guys just have these little clouds over their heads with nothing in it. Like, what? What's he talking about? And then Thomas says in verse 5, a very first face, famous statement by uh, who we call Doubting Thomas. I don't like to use that one. But it says, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Just being honest, right? Oh, Lord, thank you for that great exposition of the mansion. You're going and you're coming back, but we don't actually know where that is. We don't know where you're going. How are you are going to get there? I mean, who's taking you? Well, what's the deal? And he responds. Jesus responds in the verse 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me or by me. And he says this. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. Isn't that an interesting statement? He said, we don't really, we don't know where you're going. Jesus said, yeah, you do. He says, I, I am the only way that you can go. I am the truth. I'm the only truth. I'm the only way. And the only way you can get to where I'm going is through the Father. Amen? He said, you already know him. Uh, let me ask you this question. Have you, have you ever met somebody, maybe you have a friend, and, and you never had met his dad, and you just had a good, good relationship with, with another guy, and you never met his dad. And then one day after maybe several years, you finally meet the dad. Anybody ever done that? And you meet the dad and you go, wow. You're, around mo- you're just, your son, not only do y'all look alike, but y'all act alike. He says the same things you say. He has the same little quirky things that you do. You're just, and then you turn to your friend and say, man, you're just like your dad. Anybody ever done that? Have you recognized that in somebody? The traits. You ever sit? You ever walk? You ever mall watch? Go to the and you'll see a man. You'll see a mom and a and a daughter walking by, and you know it's a mom and daughter, right? Or you see a dad and a son walking. You know, man, that they're related. That they are. That man, that that's his, because the way they look, the way they walk. Have, how many of you? How many of your children walk like you, dads? No. Uh huh. Yeah, Carol Hill. I've seen your sons. They walk just like you. Anybody else? Your sons walk like you. Yeah, Shane. Okay. Any any of your sons have a little quirky things that they do that are just like dad? Hunter, what do you do that's quirky like your dad? Because I know he does quirky things. <laughs> when you prayed up here, I heard your dad's voice. Did y'all hear that, Mary? Did you hear it? when Hunter was praying? I heard man, I could David could have been up here praying. See, God's designed us that way. Okay, and some of you might, you know. Some of you don't want to be like your dad, and when they say, "Man, you're just like your dad," you don't say that, right? Okay. So Philip, then he he turns around, then he's the next in line to say something. He says, "Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us." Can you imagine Jesus just going, "What? <laughs> show us the Father?" Oh, okay. Philip said. Jesus, would you just take us to your daddy's house and introduce us to your dad? We never met him. Would you like, come show us us the father, introduce us to your father, and then we'll be so happy just to know your father. So Jesus says to him, I've been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the father and the father in me? The words that I speak to you... I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Revelation, Philip, Thomas, the Father dwells in me, Jesus says. The Father dwells in me. Now, I want you to see, there's going to be a beautiful picture that's going to unfold here. The blessed fathers today, because we're going to see the Trinity in such a beautiful way through the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Not just to illustrate this story, but it's going to empower dads before you leave today. Y'all want to be empowered to be great dads? Amen. You see, the son was all about pleasing the father, wasn't he? Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? And yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the father. And he says, show us the father. And then he says this thing about authority. Remember, we were thinking, we were singing all authority, every victory is yours. We're talking, we were singing that song about him. But he gave us that same authority, right? Okay, do y'all believe in the authority of Christ that he's delivered to us? Okay, and the Father in us does the works. Do y'all believe that? Okay, then most surely I say to you, he who believes in me, this is Jesus, the works that I do, he will also. Oh, no, man, you're getting into that. That thing that we can do greater works. Yes, I am. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. I love that scripture. Y'all like that scripture? You see what that, that verse does? It gives us responsibility. It imparts Responsibility to us, especially as dads, this morning, as a head of your spiritual household, as the head of your household, it imparts this this power that you can do greater things. You can be a greater dad, moms. You can be greater moms because you're going to do the greater things within your own households. See, we think we've got to go to the the for all the nations. We've got to go to the uttermost parts of the world, and God's called us first to go to whom? Our families. Man, we need to see victory in our families. We need to see the greater works, the deliverance take place in our families. We need to see victories in our families. And I know sometimes it's easier. Listen, I'm a pastor. Sometimes it's easier to pray for somebody you don't know than it is your own family. Sometimes you're just so close you can't even see it. Man, we went to Austin this week. We had a call. From Susie, she said, man, I got a friend of mine, he's dying, he's been, he's been diagnosed, he's uh, terminally ill with cancer. Man, he just he's, he's hearing all these things of no hope, no hope, no hope. Man, he's hearing no hope from preachers. He's hearing people saying that this this is not, man, there's nothing you can do about this. Just get your, get your life in order. And man, we, we're thinking, no, it says that we could go and we could impart hope and healing to somebody. So we got in our car and we went, man, we anointed him with oil. We began to show him scriptures and passages that Susie had already been telling him about. But listen, in that personal relationship that we had, that fellowship with him and his wife, we brought hope. Man, you ought to read the text that he's written us since then. Man, I've got hope. And I'm not receiving the, the diagnosis of death. I'm receiving the diagnosis of life. That God is the one that gives us our days. He's the one that orders our steps. Most assuredly, listen how Jesus says this in verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, also and greater works than these. He will do because I go to my father. So he's about to tell you how you're going to be able to do the greater works. He's about to tell the disciples how they're going to be able to do the greater works and whatever. Say whatever and whatever you ask in my name that I will do. Listen, listen. When people say, well, I'm just going to pray God's will over you. That's great if you understand what God's will is. But if you don't know what God's will is, you know what I'm talking about? He said, well, this one preacher just told me, I'm just going to pray for God's will to be done. You know, if you die, you die. I said, well, I believe it's God's will to heal. So I'm going to pray God's will be done because I believe it's his will to heal. He said, Jesus went about doing good and healed all that were oppressed of the devil. All. Everybody that came to him were healed. Because in Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name. in power, There's power in the name of Jesus. That I, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In other words, he's always wanting to please his Father. Listen, if our intent every morning when we get up is to please the Father, we will have a day of success. We will have a day of joy. We will have a day of peace. We will have a day that the power of God shows up. If we just wake up thinking I want to please my dad today, Abba Father, and He says, "If you ask anything in my name, I will do it." And said, "Oh, so so, how do we do that? Look at the verse fifteen. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's kind of simple, isn't it? If you love me, keep my commandments. In First John, it talks about His His commandments are not too burdensome. We like to even say, oh, "I just can't do that. I can't keep all the commandments. I just got to lie. I just got to commit adultery. I don't have a choice, right?" No. Uh-uh. So just keep it. Keep, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Say helper. helper. How many of you need help? How many when you forgot that first baby or those twins, you needed help? I need another helper! Or two, or three, <laughs> right? Where's the instruction book? We call on our on, on our parents to come help us on those first days of, of, of bringing a new child into the house, right? Because we don't know what to do with that. Here, <laughs> <Your> Mom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> take him. Here, honey, he doesn't smell so good. <laughs> I know, honey, you can have it. You know, we, we don't have, they don't come with instruction books, except the Word of God. He says, and if you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. I just had to stop there when I was reading that. How long does the Holy Spirit abide with us? How long? Oh, he doesn't just come and go. Okay, just want to clear that up. That he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth. That's the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I love verse 18, especially for Father's Day. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. He didn't leave us as orphans. Man, If you come in here today and you feel like an orphan, maybe you're a physical orphan. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not an orphan. You've been adopted. Think about this new revelation. I would go back to these disciples and how much Jesus is just at the last moments unloading on them and teaching them and pouring into them. I'm thinking they're, they're scratching their heads a lot. And Peter's thinking, man, I need to go back to. I got to get out on the boat. I got to think about some of this, because he's just imparting and imparting and imparting. They don't exactly know about the Father, and he he goes right through from the Father. He goes to tell them about the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. I wrote down here the power to be a godly parent. Dads, moms, not just. Parents, either adults, children that are in here this morning, God did not leave you fatherless, He did not leave you powerless, and He wants you to live a life that's successful and pleasing the Father. Go down to verse 25. Jesus is going to tell them what the Holy Spirit is going to do. I meant, I went a lot of my life without knowing. Who the Holy Spirit really was and what he really wanted to do in my life. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper. Say the helper. Isn't that a good word for the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you a few things. All things, things, okay? Got that? Correct me. Hold me accountable. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance a few things that I've said to you. All things. Come on, y'all listening? You're paying attention. He's going to teach you, bring to remembrance everything that you need. Everything that you need. But you cannot get those things if you are not listening. Okay? Peace, I'll leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither, neither let it be afraid. I love the fact that he says I want to bring you the helper the holy spirit. I want to give you the holy spirit. and He's going to teach you everything. He's going to bring remembrance of everything that you need. And listen when that happens, that's that's when the peace comes in. You understand that? There's an order to everything he spoke here. When he says I want to send you the helper, how many of you know I'm the helper when when you when you've got the kids and they're and they're screaming at night and and your mom shows up. Mom, can you come over and help me? How how, do, how many of you know that there's some peace comes into the home? Right, Holly? Right? Some, some peace comes in when you've got the helper that shows up. But sometimes we forget to call on the helper. For sometimes we forget we're not listening, we're not paying attention, and he wants to come in and bring us peace. See, I'm speaking to dads this morning and moms this morning because I believe that God wants our households to be households of faith and peace. And you cannot operate in a household of faith and peace devoid of the Holy Spirit's leading. There is no way. And I'm telling you, if you want to be a successful parent, you need to understand and recognize and yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. Turn over to Romans 8. Parenting 101, be led by the Spirit. Read the Word of God. Know that they work together. The Apostle Paul says this in verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. That includes daughters, okay? Don't get caught up in that. Oh, it's just for sons. No, it's sons and daughters. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Papa. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Aristotle said, he who cannot be a good follower cannot be a good leader. Pretty good saying. I I didn't read much Aristotle when I was in school. (laughs) But I remember that, and I, I just Googled it. And who wrote that saying? And it was Aristotle. You can't be a good leader unless you're a good follower. I believe that's what he's talking about in Romans 8, 14. Because if you're a follower of the Spirit of God, that means you're being led by the Spirit of God. You become a good follower of the Spirit of God. When you begin to listen and you obey the teachings and, and he's bringing to remembrance the things that he's put in your heart and he's teaching you all these things as you are as you're listening, as you're obeying, as you're following. Listen, when Jesus said, Come and follow me. And they, they, left their, they left their nets, they left the fish, they left their trade, they left their families, and they just began to follow him. And they listened to him, man. They were, they were following him intently. And, and then they were being led by Jesus. Now he says, I want you to be led by the Spirit of God who I put within you. Great leaders were at first great followers. Man, don't try to skip to the, the second part of that. You've got to go through boot camp if you're going to ever be a colonel. I don't know a colonel that didn't go through boot camp. Do you? Right? He had to, be, he had to take orders somewhere along all along the way. And even colonels have to take orders. They have to be great followers. But those great people, those the, the people that are great, that are great followers, they become those great leaders because they understand what you've gone through. Jesus knows what you're going through today. He says he's been tempted in every way like like unto man. He's been tempted. He knows exactly what you're going through this morning. He knows the dads that are frustrated here this morning. He knows the moms that are frustrated here this morning. He knows the kids that are frustrated here this morning. He knows your heart. He knows what's going through your mind right now. Can I pay these bills? Can we save enough to put our kids in college? He knows all those thoughts that are going into your mind. you believe that? He believes. He knows that. And he says... But listen, if you go to those thoughts that are of the flesh, you will go back into the bondage of fear. And if you don't, if you're if you're not careful, guys, if you're not listening, if you're not yielded to the spirit of God and listening to the spirit of God, the bondage of fear is a powerful bondage. It will entrap you. It will freeze you. It will keep you from being anything other than afraid. And God does not want us to be trapped again or enslaved again into fear. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Say, I am led by the Spirit of God. God. See, you're a son of God. You're a child of the King. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. You are adopted by the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You are an heir of God. You're princes and princesses today. We need to start living like that. Don't fall into the trap of allowing your flesh to lead your families. Here's the deal. About to close up. There are no per- perfect parents here this morning. No perfect parents that I know of. Anybody here? Perfect parent. Okay. I just want to establish that. And if you think you're all your kids, will probably t- <laughs> come tell me. No, they're not. A Pastor, no, no. There is, however, a perfect father here this morning. God the Father. He raised a perfect son, Jesus. And his perfect son did exactly what he wanted him to do. When he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, he went out and did everything his father asked him to do. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. You talk about an example. He saw his father heal the sick. He saw his father give sight back to the blind. He saw his father feed thousands of people. Everything he saw his father do, he did. His father was the example. And Jesus became the example for us because we saw what an example of a perfect son could be when he followed the example of his dad. And he gave us that perfect example. And he said, I want you to be just like me. He said, be perfect as I am perfect. Be holy as I am holy. And we think, well, that's just unattainable. I can't do that. And you know what? Jesus knows that we can't do that in our flesh. He knew that we had to have the blood covering us and the grace of God to do what we do. And thank God for that. He said, you need the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And we live in difficult times. I know people that don't have kids now because they don't want to raise them in this generation. They don't want to raise them in this culture. You know what? It's just too tough. There's too many things out there for our kids to get into and go wrong with because of all the enticements. So they just don't have kids anymore. And you know, that's what's happening in America. Less and less and less and less kids. And I'm not talking just about abortion. I'm talking about people that are just not having kids. And if they do, it's (laughs) 1.2 or 2.2 kids. We had 2.0 kids. But fathers today, you need the Holy Spirit to help you navigate through life. And I don't want you to leave this place going, oh, man, I'm just not that dad. Can I read a couple of scriptures in closing? For Second Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Hmm. Old oh, things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You know what that scripture tells me about today, about fathers? Today's a new day. Today's a new day. The past was yesterday. Maybe you want a good dad. That's past. Right? You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. If you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, then you need to be a minister of reconciliation. You know what reconciliation means? Just a big, big word. A lot of kids in here this morning, I know that. Uh, the big, it means to restore. It means to restore relationships. That's all it means. Could I have the dads stand this morning? All the dads in here. I wanna have you stand too long, but I want you to stand. Bow your heads. And the rest of you just stretch your hands toward the dads. Because I want to bless our dads this morning that you would not allow your past to define your present or your future. I want to bless you this morning to know that you're a new creations in Christ Jesus and you are adopted sons of the Most High God. And I want to bless you today. If any of you, and I don't I don't know this, there may not be any in here this morning, but if there is division in your families, some form or some fashion, I want to bless you to be ministers of reconciliation. I want to bless you today to reconcile and restore and see your families restored, the family unit restored. I don't care what the division is. God is bigger than that. I don't care what the confusion that has been sent into the camp, God can bring clarity and truth to it in your families. And I want to pray for you this morning and bless you with wisdom in how to go about that. I just believe that God wants the family unit to be stronger than ever as as, as we move forward to, to regain America, to bring America back to, the, to the, the way it was formed with strong family units that, that love the Lord. And this morning, I want to break off any condemnation or guilt or shame that you may feel. Just break it off by the power of, of the blood of Jesus. Any word curses that have ever been spoken over you, I break them off by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that you might be renewed and restored today and know who you are in Christ. Your identity is him. Your identity isn't good, bad, dad, bad. Your identity is in Christ. And I bless you with that today. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His compassions, his mercies are new this morning June 21st, 2015. Thank you. maybe may be seated. Did you all receive that, dads? Amen. Amen. I didn't know exactly what God wanted me to do this morning, but that was, that just, I felt like you needed to be blessed like that. We have a, a Father's blessing or, yeah, it's a really cool thing that we, Basil wrote and Wes did some graphics for. We're going to give it to each one of the guys this morning. And I want you to, Huh? We're going to pass them out in just a second. Um, you know, last year at this time, I wasn't here. Y'all remember that? Yeah, Durandy Levins preached on Father's Day because I was too sick to preach. We went to uh, Fish Fry last night, and I remember last year. Well, I didn't remember it much, but we uh, Mary Lou brought me the food home because I was too sick to go, and I, I couldn't even eat the food. And... I've been thinking about that because I'm coming up on a, the anniversary of one year, and how God restores and renews. And again, I just wanted to thank you guys for praying for me. Um, you're an awesome bunch of people, awesome group of people. We serve an awesome God. You know, I, I, I guess during that whole process, I've, I recognize the family of God and the value of the family of God more than ever. Jesse, I know you recognize it. care. when you go through when you go through tough things like. Uh, physical ailments and ailments and loss of of loved ones and things like that. Family's important. That's why I believe it's so important that our fathers be reestablished as the head of the homes. I, it's it's important, guys. You should be the ones leading out. And today, I believe this is a day of renewal for all the dads to be the spiritual leaders of their homes. Now, uh, the next thing I want to do is is. Give each one of the dads one of these. Uh, could I have, um, David? Could you come over here and Carol over here? Could all of our dads just come on up, one at a time, and we're going to give you one of these. And I want to give all of our dads a hug. Okay, so all the dads stand up again. Come on, you gotta get you gotta get a hug from me before you go back to your seat. Okay, uh, come on up, guys. Come on up. Get this.